Hello and welcome to the spookiest Halloween special episode of Thingamajigs, the exciting history of mundane things. Of spooky things. I'm Ben. And I'm Danielle. And we're so spooky on this, the second or third or fourth day after Halloween. Um, first of all, it is the day after Halloween. Do you know what that means? The Christmas commercials start? Yes, that I think they've already started, my guy. They did. They started a few days ago. I was really upset about it. I was I, yeah. laying in bed in the middle of the night and a commercial, a Christmas commercial came on TV and my blood pressure spiked. Yeah, I was a little upset that they started playing Christmas commercials before Halloween was over, but it's All Saints Day. What's that? Um, I think it's the day that we either remember or celebrate or something to do with the Catholic saints that have died. Is it because the saints won their game a couple days ago? Oh, did they? They did. Everyone was very surprised. Oh, well, good for them. Sure, we can celebrate them today. It is All Saints Day. All the saints. This is your day. New Orleans saints. Catholic saints. That guy who works at the bar who keeps asking for your phone number and swears he's a saint. Ooh, what about St. Nicholas? Who's that? Uh, I think he's like the IRL Santa Claus. Well, I guess that makes sense that the uh, Christmas commercials would start. This is the this is the time of the year where you're officially allowed to celebrate Christmas, so I guess... Some people disagree with that. Some people say you have to wait until after Thanksgiving, but I am a person who believes that Thanksgiving is just practice for Christmas. I'm a person who believes that Thanksgiving should be erased from the calendar. <laughs> you are not alone. Thanksgiving is a very uh, controversial holiday, but we are not talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about Halloween. Ooh. So yesterday was Halloween. We had little guys and gals of small stature come up to the house and we gave out candy to the children, but we had little jello shots and plastic to-go containers for the adults. I thought that was a good touch. Everyone got a treat. There was a kid with a pogo stick. He was pogo sticking down the road. We were all very impressed. Do you remember any of the costumes? What one, Which one was your favorite? They had a kid who looked like he was in his teens. He had this like really nice Spider-Man suit, really detailed. It was pretty cool. I was impressed with that. It was probably Tom Holland. It could have been. There was Princess Peach. I enjoyed her. There were a couple Princess Peaches. There were, were a lot more Princess Peaches this year than I expected. I did not think that there would be that many Marios and Princess Peaches, but is that is the Switch causing this? Why Why do you think there's so many? The Mario movie came out. Right. That probably has something to do That's with it. That's what it is. You know what there wasn't any of that I was very surprised? Hmm. There were no Barbies. That's true. I expected there to be a lot more. Of Barbies. So my favorite costume was, so it was a horde of children, right, who walked up and you know how they are. They're all together and they're very small and they, they blend in like zebras. So there was this child who whose costume was, it was a black robe and he had a face mask that was like white and dark and scary. But he also had another face mask on the side of his shoulder it was a second head that was also dark and scary. And I thought that there were more children at that table than there actually were because I thought that that head was attached to another body. And then I saw it walk away and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was not a whole child. <laughs> that was a two-headed child. 
very interesting. It was very spooky because I did not expect, I thought it was another child and it was not. Huh. You know what else we do on Halloween? Get new cavities. Rediscover old ones. True. But we also carve pumpkins. We didn't do that this year. We did not carve any jack-o'-lanterns this year, and I'm actually really sad about it, but it's okay. We've had a very hectic Halloween. I had big plans. I was going to have a Windows blue screen of death pumpkin, a Xbox red ring of death pumpkin. There's another one that I don't remember now that I had planned. There's always next year. So the first thing we should probably ask is, who is Jack, and why is he a lantern? Jack the Ripper. Jack Douglas of Jack's Films. Jack the Ripper is a serial killer of the late 19th century. Michael Jackson. Jack of all trades. You've gone too far. I don't really know how to get back to where I was. (laughs) Three and a half millimeter audio, Jack. Anyway, well, the story dates back several centuries ago in Ireland. Now, there are different variations of this story, but I'm going to tell the most popular one while mixing in details of the others. A man named Stingy Jack, known for his drinking, gambling, deceiving, manipulative nature. Just the classic drunken bum type, you know. Are you talking about me like I'm not even here? It's said that the devil sought him out because he had heard of Jack's reputation and was not only curious about him, but was probably a little jealous and wanted to know if he lived up to his vile description. So Jack was in his favorite bar with the devil, Some versions say he invited the devil to the bar, and some just say that he was there with him. Some versions even say that he met him on the street and knew that it was soon to be the end of his life, so he asked if he could have a last drink, and the devil obliged, because you know the devil will always support drinking. Unless it's the blood of Christ, I guess. I bet you the devil would support all spirits except for wine. And the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Wine is a holy drink. So the night comes to a close, and bills must be paid. So being the stingy trickster that Jack was, he asked the devil to pay the bill. But the devil, I'm sure being a spiritual being, didn't have need of money and didn't carry any with him, so Jack convinced him to transform into a coin. He could pay the bill, and once the bartender turned his back, he could transform back. The devil thought this was a delicious scheme. Now, some versions of the story go with the devil offered to pay for his drink in exchange for his soul. But you know how legends are. It's hard to get people to stick to one story. Anyway, so Jack decides to instead steal the coin and puts the devil coin in his pocket, where he also keeps a cross. Obviously, the devil is not a fan of that because the devil is horribly afraid of crosses. So he can't transform back into his natural form while next to such a terrifying symbol of his nemesis. Jack made a deal with him that he would free him if he promised to leave him alone for a time. Some say a year and some say 10 years. Some just say for a time. So it's unclear exactly how long Jack was aiming for. But I think the point is he was just trying to get away unscathed. Not a very smart guy. Why don't you just say like a thousand years or do like the Scientologists and have them sign a billion year contract? I have a feeling this is one of those stories that you can embellish in any way that you want. As long as you get the key arc of the story in there, you can, each time you tell it, you can just, you know, add a little something. I'm going to change it so that Jack is a Scientologist. That would be, um, when did Scientology start? Because this is like a long time ago in Ireland. Several hundred years ago. 
Welcome to the episode of Singamajigs where we talk about the history of Scientology. It all started with L. Ron Hubbard. The only thing I know about Scientology is that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist and that they have very weird hierarchy in their... Is it a church? I'm going to call it a church. For tax reasons, yes, it is a church. I don't really know how we would talk about Scientology without also getting followed and threatened by Scientologists, so... Well, we'll leave that one alone. Okay. Oh, and he tacked on a last little bit to the promise that the devil wouldn't take his soul when he died. You know, just a small favor, seeing as that is the devil's whole gig, is collecting as many as he can. But the guy had to get away from that crucifix. It was really harshing his vibe. It always does. So Jack freed the devil, and all was calm. For a time. So I totally get and respect that the crucifix is a major portion of Christianity. However, I do find it very strange that whenever you walk into a Catholic church, that is like their first thing you see is this dude hung up on a cross with blood and thorns and, and a stabby bit in his side. It's, it's uh, Talk about that being kind of spooky. So Jack is going about his life. He's in an orchard of some kind, and can you guess who pays him a visit? Johnny Appleseed, who I assume was also close friends with the devil. Ben, what is your deal with Johnny Appleseed? Being the trickster he is, he convinces the devil to climb up one of the nearby trees and retrieve him, and we're gonna go with Apple, because that is what a lot of the stories said. But while the devil was up the tree, Jack carves a cross onto the trunk... Some versions say he placed crosses encircling the bottom of the tree. Either way, it prevented the devil from being able to climb down. He then, of course, asked for the same thing, to not be bothered by him for an additional years and to not take his soul if he died. And, of course, they come to an agreement. So Jack doesn't exactly live an easy, clean life. The dude was bound to die. And, of course, he did. But he ran into a clerical problem. Meaning he did not live a holy life, so God wasn't about to take him into heaven. And he had already made a couple deals with the devil about the situation, so the devil wasn't going to take him either. Bureaucracy, man. People always fall through the cracks. I think he kind of carved his own gaping hole that he fell into. (laughs) Don't say gaping hole. Jack was destined to roam the earth. I'm guessing in the upside down, because that sounds good. Like with the Demogorgon? Mm-hmm. He was probably super chillin' with the Demogorgon. Okay, so new lore. Stingy Jack gets sent to the Upside Down because he has nowhere to go and he's roaming, and he evolves into Vecna. Makes perfect sense. I guess he could mutate into the Demogorgon, but then that would mean that he was by himself for a long time, and then he had to make little Demogorgon babies. And who did he make Demogorgon babies with? It's a good question. Do they reproduce asexually? This is unproven, but I just feel like they lay eggs with their faces. They smush their faces together, and then a few months later, they barf an egg out. Yeah. That's hot. I'll bet there's already some Rule 34 for this. (laughs) So Jack is cast out. He has nowhere to go. But the devil must have taken some sort of pity on him because he did give him a burning coal from the flames of hell so that he could have some light. And he places that burning coal into a hollowed-out turnip and has been wandering ever since. Ooh. I'm no military-trained scientist doctor from NASA, 
but in my days of studying the world around me, I have come to the belief that a turnip is not a pumpkin. You would be correct. A turnip is a root vegetable and a pumpkin is a squash. So what's the deal? Well, they didn't have pumpkins in Ireland, but we're going to get to that. The better question is, why did this guy have a turnip? <laughs> he just carried a turnip with him all the way wherever he goes? Nice, healthy pocket snack. It is stated that the turnip was his favorite food, so maybe he just really did carry a turnip with him. I mean, I don't know. Some people carry bananas. I like bananas. If I like turnip, I don't know. No, turnips are very bitter. You gotta cook those. I don't imagine it's very easy to just take a bite out of one either. So the Irish refer to his ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern, which is shortened, and if you're drunk enough, comes out Jack-o'-lantern. That's right, laddie. Jack of the Lantern. And now we've lost all of our Irish listeners. So people would carve out scary faces on turnips and place lights in them toward Stingy Jack and other wandering spirits away from their homes. Which I don't know if you've seen a carved turnip, but it is way spookier than a pumpkin. I have not. Let's look at a picture. Oh my goodness. They're horrifying. They look like little baby mummy heads. There is something about that pale round face that is far more disturbing than a pumpkin. They do look like small mummy faces, but they look like almost like shrunken, shrunken heads. Also, wouldn't... Leaving a bunch of turnips out on your porch attracts the dude who's a big fan of turnips. I don't think they thought that through. That's an excellent plot hole. This is, turnips is this guy's favorite thing, and you are just luring him to your home with his favorite food. That's like putting a bunch of bananas on your porch and then saying that this is going to ward off monkeys. They carved other root vegetables, too, though. They carved rutabagas, beets, potatoes... Beets is a good one. They, those are very red and juicy. It would make great bloody marks. What's a rutabaga? It's another root vegetable. It's very similar to turnip, but it is a little bigger and the coloring is a little different. Is it related to the Winnebago? Oh yeah, distant cousin. I think that it's important to mention that we are safe here in the U.S., I would think. Because Jack can only wander Ireland, right? I would assume he can't mm, traverse continents. We have the Headless Horseman here, and that's who we're trying to ward off with our pumpkins. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm following. That's good. But also, it's worth noting that a lot of countries have a story that's very similar to your friend Jack there. There must be a bunch of these guys just walking around every country. The tradition switched to pumpkins because there was a great potato famine in the mid-1800s, and a lot of people immigrated to America, bringing their Halloween traditions with them. They didn't call it Halloween, though. They called it something with an S. It's an Irish word with an S. That's fun. I googled what the word was, and a bunch of little ghosts flew around on my screen on Google. Oh, that's fun. But I believe it is called Samhain. You want to give them the spelling on that? Yeah, they should put this one at a spelling bee. It is S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Samhain. Halloween didn't really show up in America before this, so we can thank the Irish for, for this holiday. 
Indigenous peoples introduced the Europeans to pumpkins because winter squashes grow so well here, and pumpkin carving was already being practiced as a fall tradition. I'm guessing they got here and realized how much easier it is to carve a pumpkin over a turnip. Have you ever cut a turnip in half? That thing is dense. Never have I ever. I found a place in Long Island that has a giant jack-o'-lantern display. They do claim to be the world's longest jack-o'-lantern trail. And I'm inclined to believe them because they display over 7,000 hand-carved jack-o'-lanterns. And an additional 3,000 specialty lights and handmade Halloween lanterns. I wonder how many man-hours it takes to carve 7,000 pumpkins. I wonder how far in advance they start working on on this display. I get bored in the middle of a 10-minute pumpkin carving, so... From what I saw, these are not just 7,000 jack-o'-lantern faces. They had some very intricate stencil details on the faces of these pumpkins. I tried to find out how much tickets are, but it's 2023 season is over, so I couldn't get a price. But they do have a military discount, so there's that. They say they will be back next year, so if you're in the Long Island area, maybe check that out. It sounds cool. Anyway, so that is the history of the jack-o'-lantern, why we do it, the story behind it, the spooky tale. Anything else to say? Any public service announcements? I did read that you can spray a bleach solution over your jack-o'-lantern to help it from getting moldy, but it's ideal to keep it indoors until it's time to display, especially if you live somewhere very hot or very cold. If it stays about 50 to 58 degrees outside where you are, then that is the perfect temperature. We used to wait for our pumpkins to get all soft and gross, and we would carry them up a very tall tree and drop them out and let them explode at the bottom. Somewhere there's YouTube videos of us doing it. I do have fun facts. Hit me. So I'm going to ask you the question, and then you're going to guess the answers. Of the pumpkins that are grown, what do you think the percentage is for pumpkins allocated for decoration? Let's see. There aren't that many people who eat pumpkin, but they are used for, like, pumpkin pie, and then there's the pumpkin seeds... I'm going to go with 70% or for decoration. 98. That's crazy. Pumpkin waste is a wild problem. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a problem, but, I mean, you are wasting food. But, yeah, so only 2% is used for edible items. You can get pumpkin products in every store in the country, and all of those only take up 2%. Wild. This is a percentage off of the internet. I'm pretty sure it's right, but you know how the internet is. The city of Keene, New Hampshire holds the world record for most jack-o'-lanterns lit in one place. How many jack-o'-lanterns do you think they displayed? Long Island had 7,000 pumpkins on their thing. 15,000. 30,581. You should look up a picture. It's like it's like a giant pyramid of glowing pumpkins. Yeah, there's a picture from the Guinness World Records website. It looks like a distant building with all the windows lit up. That is so many pumpkins. How did they carve all of those pumpkins? How was there enough time to carve thirty over 30,000 pumpkins and them not be rotten by the time you get to the last pumpkin? For reference, the town of Keene, New Hampshire has a population of 23,000. 
Oh my gosh, they have more pumpkins than people? They had more pumpkins than people. That means if even if every citizen of the town went and carved a pumpkin, they would still have to do more than one. And there's no way you could get an entire town to go and carve a pumpkin. Also, they had some really intricate pumpkins included. They had some that were painted. Somebody made a whole chess set out of pumpkins where each piece was represented by a pumpkin. Also, you can craft a jack-o'-lantern in Minecraft. Not exactly a fun fact, but I think our Minecraft enthusiast listeners will enjoy that I mentioned it. I enjoy it. I like Minecraft. So what do you need to carve a jack-o'-lantern in Minecraft? I actually know the answer to this. I don't remember. I think back in the day, all of the pumpkins started out as jack-o'-lanterns, and then you just, like, put a torch in it. And you need one more thing. Shears. Oh, yeah, you need the shears to acquire the pumpkin. It was pretty cool. It was, like, one of the first secret little Easter eggs in Minecraft. You could make the snow golem, and it would come alive and start throwing snowballs at you. So that's, like, a possessed snowman or is it more like a frosty the snowman where he's technically possessed but he's friendly he didn't seem very friendly so also he had a pumpkin head not very frosty well that's gonna do it for this episode of thingamajigs and this exciting history of a spooky thing don't forget to grab a goose and carve 30,000 turnips we're going to get that world record. Shoot, you could probably carve 100 turnips and that would be a world record. Don't forget to meet us down at Thingamacon 2024 where we set a new world record. Thanks for listening. Nah.